This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Welcome to the Kickin' Life Podcast. Your host, your truly Kickin' Life guru, Master Rich Grogan. Hey, as Rocky says, nothing hits harder in life. It's not about how hard you can hit, but how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. And that's how winning is done. And I want you to be a winner. I want you to be your very, very best. I want to inspire and motivate you to believe in yourself. So when, not if, but when life knocks you down, you get right back up with that confidence that I can take on more, I can do more, and I can live my best kick in life. All right, so buckle up, saddle up, here we go. Kicking lifers out there, happy day to you, whatever day it is. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to another exciting Kicking Life podcast. Hope you're having a fantastic day, and hopefully you're taking advantage of the beautiful day. Even if it's raining, even if it's cold, even if it's, uh, you know what, you got up this morning, you're alive, you're well, count your blessings. I know, oftentimes I forget to do that myself. And we had a guest on a few weeks ago, Kiyoshi Dave Kovar is one of my mentors, and he talked about how... Pretty much 97, 98% of our life is pretty doggone good. But for whatever reason, we tend to focus on the 2% that's missing or not good. And I'm plenty guilty of that. As a matter of fact, the example we used was that morning I uh, got up and opened up the refrigerator and there was just, you know, enough food for days. And I should have been grateful and thankful for that. However, the two things I was looking for, milk and eggs, <laughs> we were out of. So what did I focus on? Now, of course, you got to focus on the things you got to get. But instead of being grateful and thankful, I went right to the negative, what's missing. And I find that true to be or can be true with a lot of our life, you know, with different things. You know, wake up and, oh, man, i got to go to work again today. Oh, boy. You know what? And those are feelings. I get that. But be thankful and grateful. You at least got a job to go to. You got a bed to sleep in, all the things that are positive. And then, you know, what the mind focuses on, we talk about this all the time. What the mind focus on magnifies. So if you focus on positive, you're going to have more positive. It's just it's uh, an attraction. That law of attraction. I've done more research and study on that in the last three to five years than I have just about anything else. And I'm telling you what, it's powerful. It truly is. Your subconscious mind is amazing how it works. And of course, if you focus on negativity. That law of attraction, you're going to have more negativity come in. And you hear people talk all the time. Well, if I didn't have so many problems, I wouldn't complain and bitch so much. Well, guess what? <laughs> you're going to attract more problems because that's what you're telling your mind you want because that's what you're focusing on. It's a crazy, crazy thing. Now, here's the thing. In the world and society we live in, we're inundated with negativity, bombarded with fear. And the media, I read this just the other day. It was kind of a nice right hook of reality. And the uh, the author was talking about how, uh, let's see who it was. It was Grant, Car- Grant Cardone. And he's got all kinds of good books out there. Anyway, he had said that he was uh, interviewing uh, a broadcast or a broadcast anchor, a news anchor, and they're going through, and the anchor says, "Well, you know what? We're actually kind of shifting. Instead of being a source of news, we're a source of opinion now, so we can really present our point of view." And he's like, "Well, wait a minute, opinion, opinion. You know, I, th- I think you're supposed to be biased here and just present the news." And it was kind of a right hook. I heard that. I rewound the tape, or uh, rewound the tape. Listen to me. <laughs> I backed up this, the, uh, it was on Audible, so there's no CD and no tape. I, I pushed the back 10 second button. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, backed up the tape. I said that the other day in class, and the kids are like, what tape? What, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know. Just somebody get the clicker out there and rewind the movie a little bit. <laughs> I don't think they knew what rewind was either. But anyway, a little sidebar there, backed up the tape. Goodness gracious. But uh, I listened to it a couple different times. And it was really that right hook of reality. And he went on to talk about how we are, and something I talk about quite a bit, we're inundated with fear. We just constantly pounded with fear. And the fear is if you're watching TV, you know, a commercial comes on. And it, what does it stress? Oh, if you're watching TV late at night, you got a problem. If you watch too many sports, you got a problem. If you have uh, uh, irritable bowel movement, you got a problem. I think that probably is a problem. But it just tells you all the things you have, all the problems you have. And, of course, what is it? The pharmaceutical companies trying to cram another pill down your throat. But the list of possible side effects are far worse than the problem that they're telling you you have. And I don't get it. But anyway, that's that kind of fear mind base. They just kind of boom, boom, boom. And that stuff's in there. And you're being pounded with it every day. So no wonder we have negative thoughts. No wonder we have fearful thoughts. No wonder we have, oh, my gosh, I, I am sick. I've got all these problems. I get that. But we just have to work a little bit harder, fight a little bit harder against that stuff, and really try and focus on the positive. Now, you're doing yourself a great favor by listening to the Kickin' Life podcast, by watching and listening to other motivational material, because it's really going to combat all that fear and negativity. So I filmed a, um, my video blog, and I bumped that up a little bit. It was just the weekly right hook of reality and I'm working toward actually having a daily right hook of reality where every single day you get a quick one to two minute boom right hook of reality to kind of I don't know, slap you around knock you around but also let you know hey I'm struggling with all this stuff too and the one that I just filmed uh, yesterday was you know what I don't feel like it no that that's the video I filmed <laughs> I don't feel like it um, and you know what and the part of that was guess what no one ever does I didn't feel like getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning going for a run. I didn't feel like doing it. Matter of fact, I was, man, why in the world do I have to fight this battle every single morning? Shouldn't this be easier? Well, I would hope it would be, but I'm not going to lie to you. It's not. However, when you get done with it, whoo, feeling good, feeling great. And it's the compound effect. You know, if I, all right, when I'm done with my run, I'm sweating and dripping, and then I knock out my push-ups and my laps in the pool and a few other things, and I look in the mirror, man, not a whole lot's changed. What the heck? End of the week, look in the mirror. What the heck? Why am I still doing this? Well, here's the thing. I didn't get myself in the shape I'm in in a week. And I'm not going to get myself back in the shape I want to be in in a week. It's going to take a little bit of time. But everybody says, well, I don't have time. Oh, it's been so long since I've done this. Oh, it's been this. Excuse, excuse, excuse. Get up, walk to the mailbox and back. And that's, you know what, that's a success for the day. Then build on that tomorrow. Don't start off too much too soon. And we've talked to that uh, at great length on many other podcasts. You'll have to tune into those and listen to those because it talks about going from you used to be able to bench 300 pounds. Bang, I can do that. Or ladies, you used to be able to walk or run a 5K, and now you haven't done it in 15 years. Well, <laughs> it's not that you can't, but you're going to have to build up to it. And there's those baby steps. But there's no better time to start than right now, today. Just do it. And that's going to be the podcast or the blog I'm going to film today. Is And it's kind of a spinoff of the Nike one, and I've recorded this probably two or three different times. But it's the just do it. And think about that commercial, you know, Nike. Just do it. Get off there, off the couch and do it. It didn't say, hey, just try. I mean, think about the message. If it just, it's just try, it's, you know, give it a shot. What the heck? So that's something we talk about at the academy all the time when I'm kind of motivating and inspiring the kiddos. They'll say, well, I'll try my best. And I'll say, no, you're not. <laughs> I don't want you trying your best. I want you doing your best. And it says that in our creed. We don't try our best. We do our best. And the reason I stress that point so much, do your best, is because if you say, I'm going to try, 
and you fail, you're like, well, at least I tried. No, but if you say I'm doing this thing, I'm freaking doing it, you're going to keep doing it until you get it right because you made a commitment to do it, not to try to do it. And just because you fail one, two, three, four, five, 15, 20, 100 times, whatever the case may be, if you're committed to do it, you're going to see it through and you're going to eventually succeed. If you say, well, I tried 100 times and it just didn't work out. Thomas Edison, if you tried just 9,999 times, we wouldn't have light right now, right? No, 10,000. That was the magic number for him. At least that's what I read in books. So <laughs> anyway, just do it. No trying. Do it, do it, do it. Another one I filmed, and this was really kind of true to my heart here because it's something I have tremendous difficulty with. And a lot of times uh, the video blogs, I'm filming those because I need to hear the message just as much, if not more. And I'm hopeful there's other people out there, not that they're struggling the way I am with some of these thoughts, but hopefully it'll touch them and help them uh, overcome some of those mental demons and challenges. And that is not everybody's going to like you. I know. That was a shot for me. Here you get 1,000 likes, 1,000 compliments, all these other things, and you get one person, and they could be trolling, or it could just be an unhappy person, or maybe that's how you get their satisfaction is by you know throwing negative arrows and digging at you. And I focus on that one. What could I have done differently? What could I have done here? Well, could I have done something? No. Some people you just can't. Well, matter of fact, I can't change anybody. That was the revelation I came up with. Wow. Yeah, that's a revelation, right? You can't change anybody. They have to change themselves. Now, you can give them the tools. You can help them, you can try and inspire and motivate them, but inevitably it's up to them to make the change. You can't do it for them. So that was a, uh, that was a pretty good one. You have to check that one out too because not everybody's going to like you. I say that over and over again to remind myself because it does hurt my feelings. But you know what? I can fight back. <laughs> it wouldn't hurt my feelings so much if those people would come forward and talk face-to-face -face instead of hiding behind a computer or hiding behind you know, social media there. I know. I can't believe it. They hide back there, and they're uh, keyboard warriors is what we call them. And producer John's just dipping and diving back there. I'm not sure what he's doing. <laughs> he's a keyboard warrior, but he's tough on the other side too. And today we got a special guest on the show. Now he's following up. We had uh, oh, Master Chip Townsend a few weeks ago, Kiyoshi Dave Kovar a few weeks ago. Uh, I had a little interview with uh, Jono. I guess it was two weeks, and then uh, my son Austin was on here. And our, our guest today has done all kinds of incredible things, not only with the martial arts industry, but also with the leadership development and inspirational speaking. Matter of fact, he's got a couple different speeches that he's done. Uh, one is vision, service, and action, going around just talking about inspiration, using his tools and his knowledge and his power from being in martial arts over four decades, and also that um, creative side of leadership, how to utilize what you are to become who you are. And then uh, Mind of a Champion, which kind of leads into one of his books, which uh, we'll have to ask him if it's a, I think it's closing in on a bestseller. If not, my gosh, I don't know what people are waiting for. It's uh, Black Belt Leadership, and it's the seven keys to creating a life of purpose by discovering your inner champion. And uh, I met this gentleman at a conference in Colorado. Uh, it was a ProMac Professional Martial Arts College conference, and Kiyoshi Dave Kovar is kind of the founder of ProMac. And he gave a speech that I've got, I don't know how many pages of notes on, and then afterwards I had a chance to talk to him and what a wonderful, wonderful man, and I'm so honored that he's on the show today. And without further ado, 7th Degree Master, Black Belt Master, Chris Nansky. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, sir. How are you? I'm very, very well. Thank you very much for joining us today. My pleasure. My pleasure. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So um, the uh, the vision, service, and action, uh, it was something, you know, if anybody uh, Googles your name or types into YouTube, they can see that speech. And it, did you want to share a little bit about that, the, the speech there, and kind of uh, how that evolved and, the, the, I guess, the principle and purpose of that speech? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, it's, uh, 
it was one of those things as, as I was out, interestingly enough, I was out promoting my own martial arts school here in Denver, uh, that I was out doing a lot of work, not only with uh, schools, but corporations. And it just started to grow organically. It really were the, the things that I was seeing that I was teaching to students that I was seeing students who were successful were really, um, really holding on to and really carrying forward in their life. And, and what I, I just had an epiphany one day and said, you know, these, these principles that uh, we're using in martial arts, you don't need to be a, a super high degree black belt in order to utilize them. These are available to anyone. And that's where I really kind of came up with the idea that, of the mind of the champion, because it's, it's not about kicking and punching, as you know, sir, taking those aspects inside ourselves and, and making them happen every day. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's unfortunate for a number of years and we're, we're still fighting that battle seems like every day that uh, people come into the academy. And I think martial arts is simply that punching and kicking because that's uh, it, it's right. and it's I guess more of our fault for not doing a better job of educating the public. But the public, you know, they, 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 they choose to self-educate on whatever they spend time on. And the kids watch Kung Fu Panda or they watch uh, <laughs> MMA. And it, it's, you know, the it seems like the moms do more research than the dads and uh, I often in this I'm sure this is the case with you as well the moms will come in and say I don't know anything about this but my husband and I'll stop and say well no disrespect to your husband but I'm a man too and here's the truth about men we think we know everything about everything and the truth is we don't do a whole lot of research we just conjured up in our minds (laughs) oh my gosh I, I couldn't couldn't have said it better you know the first thing around that is we need to walk the talk we as martial art master instructors, we need to be that person when we're not only in our studios, but when we're out in the community. And I think those are the, the lessons that when I set the mission, when I began teaching here in the Denver area back in 1995, um, you know, martial arts becomes a vehicle for teaching those aspects of those elements, those qualities. So, you know, I knew, I realized very early on, as you probably do too, you know, students come and go. But the thing of it is, is many of them will not be career martial artists. But if we are able to impress upon them and influence them during their training to take those qualities into their life, then we've done our job, right? Then we've done our job because then we help to make the world a better place, hopefully one black belt at a time. Absolutely. And uh, extremely well said. Laying that foundation. And, you know, the, the number of students that start to make it to black belt, and there's been all kinds of studies and research and, you know, all the numbers are here and there. But it, it's, it's a very small percentage that actually hang around for that journey. Now, of course, every organization and style is a little bit different. Uh, we've got ours set about uh, five to six years in order to get uh, your black belt there. But it's the whole part of not only making the student earn it, but setting them up for success. And if they do have a setback or a minor failure, they know how to pick themselves back up in order to battle through, preparing them for life when life does knock them down, as, as we know it will, moving forward. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, you know, I used to say to parents, um, particularly when students were enrolling in our program, you know, I would talk about, you know, what's the conversation you're going to have when your child wants to quit? Because kids have so many different things that they can get involved in right now. You know, our, our competition isn't the other martial arts school down the road. It's soccer and baseball and ballet and whatever. And I said, you know, quite honestly, we need let's talk about this now. And there's a part of me that actually wants that to happen at some point in time so we can walk them through that process. And then they realize what's on the other side when they decided not to quit. Because sometimes chemistry might get tough or or the English, uh, the English uh, test or whatever when they're in school and by helping them learn how to decide how to move through an obstacle, we prepare them for life. Absolutely. Excellent. 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 And I think that's been the huge transformation and why I've been uh, 
Uh, when I met Kiyoshi Dave Kovar in 2012, just kind of not only radiated toward him, but people that uh, also the other people like yourself and many, many wonderful other martial art practitioners, but also martial artists for life. And that's more than just in the ring or on the mat. It's what we're doing for the community, for society, the world, if you will, trying to make it, you know, a better place to live by inspiring these kids and adults to believe in themselves. And that's kind of our mission right there, uh, making our society a happier, healthier, and safer place to live by inspiring kids and adults to believe in themselves and respect others. And that's such a huge factor. And as we know, Kids today, they, they have a lot of kids have zero to well, I was going to say zero to none, but I guess that's the same thing. <laughs> Very little, if any, respect for themselves. And then, if you don't respect yourselves, how in the world can you respect somebody else? And you know, that's the society, unfortunately, it's kind of created these kids. So, we're wanting to strengthen their confidence, their self will, their uh, um, self esteem, their belief in order to help them look. Look in the mirror, that's you. Be the best you you can be, and then go out and inspire somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and you said it so well, sir. I mean, it has to start from within. I mean, any type of quality like that has to start from the inside out. Um, you know, if you want to have any kind of longevity, and particularly, as we've talked before, is when challenges come about, that's, people will default to the inside, what's happening on the inside, before they ever default to what's happening on the outside. It has to come from the inner aspect. And when that happens, then we create this really positive ripple effect, Right. If, if you imagine that if we had a world where everybody felt totally empowered, totally on purpose for what they want to do in life, the world would be a, a much better place, be a very different place. Absolutely. And, and I think uh, uh, the point you brought up there, it comes from the inside and your conditioned habits. And if you've been knocked down and you condition yourself just to lay there waiting for somebody else to pick you up, as you continue to grow older, that, that habit's going to form more solid and it's going to be there forever. And sooner or later, there's not going to be anybody left to pick you up. So you have to learn at early age. <laughs> that's right. Pick yourself up. Well, well go ahead, totally, sir. I'm sorry. Totally. You know, one of the things I think that grow up in a society is a little backwards. We then I'll do what I want to do, and then I'll be happy when I have more time. I'll be the dad I said I wanted to be, and I'll be a better father. All those things, and we we look at it from the outside. But I had a, a teacher tell me one time that the people that have really got it going, they take those words and they turn them around. And people who have really seen success in all areas of their life look at life from a perspective of be, do, have, show up how they want to be, you know, they want to be more loving, more conscious, more, more creative, start being that way, then do the, the things that support that way of being. So it, it's a different way of looking at things. We tend to, I think, have a more of an external society here in the United States, but man, if we could turn that around and have people come from where, you know, where they want to go, they come from that place, not to that place necessarily, you know, that's life changing. Absolutely. And it, it's kind of kind of funny. You mentioned that that's uh, that, a beautiful Zig Ziglar quote. And I put that on my uh, Facebook page today. And it's <laughs> you have to be before you can do and you have to do before you can have. <laughs> so exactly. you brought that up. Exactly. Uh, I, I tell you, it's that uh, when I started the show off, I was talking about the law of attraction. You know, if you focus on positivity, you're going to have more of it. If you focus on negativity. Guess what? You're going to have more negativity and just putting out that aura out uh, as far as the positivity. And Kiyoshi Dave Kovar was on a few weeks ago and he said some of the same things <laughs> that I started the show off with and it was unrehearsed. So it's kind of awesome. Oh, that, my uh, God. That's great. <laughs> we just did the same thing. Uh, and that's, that's beautiful. That, I don't know. I've got goosebumps over here, and I'm dancing around ah, the studio. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing my right hooks and my round kicks, knocking stuff over. But uh, <laughs> it's great stuff. Um, so uh, 
Chris, with your with your book here, and I, I've, it's an incredible book, and I want to say thank you very, very much, obviously, for your time in Colorado for talking to me, and then also you pointed me in the right direction with Polly from My World, uh, My yeah. Word Publishing, and we are rocking sure. things out and working with Susie and then Bobby, and boy, we are coming together with this thing. Uh, the, oh, that's great. Oh, I'm happy as can be. Right now, we got to get the book more where it's a... Um, Oh, a page turner because right now it's kind of random thoughts by rich grogan so <laughs> it's not much of a page turner it's like my podcast here all over the place but i need to have a little more flow with the book uh when uh and I, th- for me i'm finding writing this book is one of the hardest things i think i've i've done and i've trained in the mountains of korea for weeks on end and that mm. was mentally physically and emotionally painful but putting this book together this has been challenging and and, and i never (laughs) thought it would be as tough as it is but uh, not writing stuff down that's easy it's a matter of putting it together in kind of a flowing form is what's proven tough for me did did you have similar troubles with yours or did it become a little bit easier well i have to say i mean it's it's one of those things where writing a book i found is one of the most um Oh, how can I put this? It's, it's one of the, the biggest demonstrations of vulnerability that we can show. I mean, it's one thing for us to say something in front of someone uh, in a conversation, but once you write it down, it's there. It's not like you can say, well, I didn't really mean that. I mean, it's, it's in print. And so there's that aspect of vulnerability. There's also, you know, the challenge of trying to take all of your thoughts and really make them concise. Uh, and one of the things that I re- would really help me, at, there's a wonderful book out there for any aspiring author. It's called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. And he makes this distinction that many times people avoid creativity because they're waiting for inspiration. And he said, uh, uh-huh. in fact, I even quoted him in my book. He said, uh, most people say they only write when they're inspired. Um, I'm the same. I only write when I'm inspired as well. Just so happens I get inspired every day at 9 a.m. Nice. So it was a matter of, you know, like taking the time, scheduling and doing it. And the inspiration comes from the action. It's a result of the action versus the action coming from inspiration. Right. And I think martial arts is very similar to that. You know, we're an action philosophy. So you may not feel like going out on the mat, but how many times have you gone out the mat? You get moving all of a sudden you have your best training session ever. So I found that with authoring as well. Oh, my gosh. Well, and there, there's another connection right off the my uh, I, I do. It was a weekly blog. I call it my weekly right hook. I'm going to turn that into a daily one. Just one to two minute little quick hitter of uh, the uh-huh. video blog. And <laughs> the one just yesterday was I don't feel like it. Well, guess what? Yeah. No one ever does. You just kind of discipline yourself right. to do it. And here you're talking about that same thing about how action produces more inspiration. And then, of course, the action follows. It's not the other way around because I hear all the time, and I'm sure you do as well, people, well, I'm just not inspired. I'm just not motivated. Mm. And I, I'm, you know what? Mm-hmm. It's tough for me, too. I'm a human being as well. But what I find works totally. is to get up and do something. And the <clears throat> act of action, just moving, just walking, putting on your shoes right. is going to create more. And that's kind of the when I get up in the morning, to go for my run yeah i'm struggling you know about a bed and i drink yeah. my drink and i'm like oh boy so i make it a point to get my shoes on as soon as possible because i've done the act of tying my shoes <laughs> as small as that is okay well shoot i sat down and put my shoes on i might as well at least go for a walk and of course that walk turns into the jog and the run and the push-ups and everything go. afterwards but um it's it's never easy and Kyoshi dave kovar he talked about that uh, he gets up extremely early and he talked uh, about every he, he says this himself every morning Really, I got to fight this battle again. So what he does when he's mm-hmm. done with the workout, he anchors that feeling of how, man, I am so glad that I did this. 
And we also talked about guys, you know, and us and our macho ego in the gym. Yeah, maybe at one point in time we could bench 300 pounds, but if you haven't <laughs> been in the gym for, you know, months, years, you're probably not going to jump back at the 300 pounds. Probably so not. Take a progressive step. And Kiyoshi, as humble as he is, he admitted on the air to our listeners there that he goes, yeah, I still do that too. If anybody's in earshot, I always say, you know what, uh, there was a time when I was doing 300 pounds, but – and he goes, as soon as I say it, I'm like, what am, do I really need to say this? So now, li- right, listeners right. out there, uh, <laughs> we're human, just like anybody else. It's Amen. just that uh, we're uh, putting a, a position in a situation here that I am so blessed to be able to talk to you and share the inspiration and then have guests on the show that, you know what, extremely successful speaker, author, martial artist, uh, Mr. Chris Dansky here, but he's on here and he's admitting, you know what, just like Kiyosh Dave Kovar, Master Chip Townsend and everybody else, we're human. But we make the decision. Even though we don't feel like doing it, we know we need to do it because that action creates more inspiration, which creates more action. And uh, excellent. Amen. Uh, so Amen. on your book, on the back there, nice, big, and red, have you discovered your inner champion? And I think that's a great question for all of us there. And I often talk about, you know, what's a 400 billion people in the world today, and not every single one of us are different. We have our own special gift but we do have a champion inside. And my champion obviously yeah. is different than your champion and, and Kiyoshi Kovar, Master Chip Towns and Melody Schumann, all the rock stars out there. We're different in our own ways, but we've got something. Obviously you got something I'll never have and I've got something that uh, somebody else will never have, but that inner champion. Would you go and share with our, uh, uh, our viewers, our listeners there, what you find to be, um, I don't wanna say the most inspiring right hook but what do you think really connects with people to drive that inner champion out? Well, I mean, I'd, I'd love to share my own personal story. Oh, absolutely. You, know, I, you, you heard it when I gave my talk. Um, I, I, I started martial arts when I was quite young, 10 years old, back in the early 70s, and because of the Kung Fu TV show. Uh, but where things really changed for me was about three years later when I got introduced to my, uh, still a man I consider my instructor, Grandmaster J.K. Lee out of uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And, uh, I had uh, been training with him a couple of months. You know, he had just moved in from Korea. So I'd already been training for three years. But he comes into town, and I was just in awe of this man. And I was in the corner of the room one morning uh, getting ready for our class, legs spread wide, getting ready to stretch. And he walks onto the mat, and he's perusing everyone and, you know, taking inventory of, of everyone, where they're at. And all of a sudden, I realize he's staring directly at me. And before I can stand up, he walks in front of me. And he puts his right leg on the inside of one foot and his left foot on the inside of the other. And he grabs into my belt. And before I could say a word, he split me out to 180 degrees. So that'll wake you up at 10 <laughs> o'clock in the morning. But uh, like I say, I, I, learned, I learned two things that morning. Uh, number one is anyone can do the splits at least once. <laughs> at least um, once. <laughs> but, but, right, but the second thing that I learned, and I still carry this with me today, is he looked me deep in the eyes and he said to me in his broken English, I will make you a champion. I will make you a champion. Now, when you're 13 years old, you know, you just think about medals and trophies and all that other kind of stuff. But yeah, I'm getting goosebumps telling this story. Well, and I've told it right hundreds now. of times. Yeah. But, you know, he saw something in me and he was claiming that for me. Right. That was allowing me to embrace it in myself. And so I think the first thing is, is about finding that inner champion is those of us who have been blessed to have people in our lives that have saw that greatness in it, in us and pointed it out. 
that's the first thing. So, you know, we as martial arts instructors have this marvelous opportunity to do that with other people. So that's the first thing I'd like to share. I just think we have, it, it's one of the, one of the um, few um, professions where we have the opportunity to do that on a daily basis. Um, so anyway, that, that, that's the first thing I'd like to say. And then second of all, it, it has to be about us making a choice each and every day. I mean, you talked about Kyoshi Dave, you know, making that decision to get up and yourself, get up and do that workout. We have to step into that and make it a conscious choice because there's too many other outside influences that can get us off track. And it doesn't need to be grandiose. It just needs to be one small step <laughs> built upon another small step. And then pretty soon we've got a life that uh, is really worth living. Absolutely. And, and um, funny about the small steps, a couple books that come to mind is uh, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy, how things compound yep. over time. And, of course, you use the penny example. If uh, give you a penny or $3 million today or right. the penny that compounds every single day for the end of the month, but it takes up to, yep. what is it, the 29th day before you reach the $3 exactly. million mark. And yep. by the 31st really day, it. you've got $10 million. But most people want That's the instant right. gratification. They want it right now. And I'm kind of in the middle of an audio book right now called, uh, it's by Jeff Olson, The Slight Edge. And it's the same mm-hmm. situation, yep. talking about those little bitty mm-hmm. steps that create so much. You're not going to see it the first day you look in the mirror. You're not going to see it the next day. But what you want to do is that feeling, okay, I'm working towards something, kind of future planning. And that's kind of the mindset of a black belt. It doesn't happen, you know, on day one, you know, all the way through the no. battle, whatever that may be. And we talk about having that white belt mindset throughout. Yep. White belt mindset with a black belt attitude. The mindset is I'm always exactly. learning. The attitude is I'm going for something. And I think that's incredible. You mentioned now, uh, listeners out there. Uh, that's the difference between training back in the old days, <laughs> where the instructor came in and stretched <laughs> you all apart and smacked you around. <laughs> Obviously, things have evolved a little bit, but uh, training methods just a little different. Um, <laughs> at least I don't know how you do in Colorado, but here a little different here. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But, but you know, when, when I when I think about that story, uh, the one thing I do know about it is it was done with love. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure it was. And I, and I think that we as instructors, business professionals, whatever role we play in leadership, when we do it from that sense of love and seeing the greatness in the people that we are leading and serving, they feel that. And yep. it becomes uh, contagious. It becomes multi-generational, right? And those people, as they become leaders, they begin to uh, embrace the same habits, and it just rolls out beautifully. Sure. So, I mean, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for that in my life because I, it was such an impre- impressionable uh, moment. I can remember it like it was yesterday. Nice, nice. And, and it's sort of that uh, unspoken language, but you can see in the eyes. And, and everybody's wearing a sign. We all, I talk about this all the time. That sign says, make me feel special. And when someone makes you mm-hmm. feel special by simply giving you the most yeah. sacred thing on earth, which is their time to talk to you, yep. and you see that connection in the eyes, this person believes in me. Well, I'm going to do everything I can uh, to not let this person down, but, hey, it's to say thank you for that belief in me. And it's sort of like going through school, grade school. You always seem to work harder, at least I did, for the teachers that uh, really had a sense of care. They believed in me. They pushed me. And the ones that kind of just, uh, you know, Richie, you need to stop talking. Richie, you're too hyperactive. Richie, you're this and that. <laughs> you know, things I, I, I heard my whole life, obviously, <laughs> growing up. But uh, the teachers that actually cared, I mean, they, they had that unspoken language and those are the ones you know what i'm going to do everything i can because this person believes in me um and Amen. yeah and we, we talk 
uh, at the academy all the time and definitely at our, our, our instructor meetings, I tell them, look, I'm going to talk at a level that I know you can achieve. I know you can be at. I'm not going to talk to you as you are right now because if I do, you're never going to grow. So I'm going to continue to raise those standards. So don't be disappointed if you can't reach them right off the bat. Just know that we're working toward that because I want to keep pushing you up. And instead of setting the standards so low and you hit them, and then, then what do we do? No, baby, I'm going to keep bringing right. those things up. Um, and and you would mentioned, which is kind of, once again, <laughs> crazy how this all works out, the inside and out. Um, so last week, I had all the instructors put on a white belt. So they wore a white belt all week. Mm. And the mindset was during our mat chat, which the listeners out there, we've talked about this before, but the mat chat is right in the middle of class. We have the kiddos come over and we have a message of the week. Uh, and it could be about manners, it could be about respect, discipline, it could be about uh, doing your chores. Mom and dad should only have to ask you one time. All the, the uh, values of what martial arts actually brings to the table there. So the instructors wore a white belt. Now, of course, the kids were asking, why are you wearing a white belt? Why are you wearing a white belt? And they, went, uh, they said, well, we'll tell you in a little bit. It was all about, number one, humility, which is our number one black belt principle. But the biggest one is if you're out in public, you're not wearing your black belt. You're the same person. Mm-hmm. You know, Superman is the same person with or without the cape or the glasses, you know. Uh, same thing with That's Batman. Right. You are the same person inside and out. So if you're out in public acting as a fool and doing things you shouldn't be doing, man, that's not representing the belt very well. Then you come here and I put the belt on, now I'm totally different. Now, just like anything else, easier said than done. Uh, the message mm-hmm. that a couple of instructors presented, which I thought were, were awesome, it's like if I'm out there and I'm pushing somebody down on the playground and I'm calling them names and I'm being mean and I'm being a bully, is that really a representative of who you are? Well, maybe it is. Well, that's what you need to change. So right. it doesn't matter what belt you're sure. wearing, it's who you are and what you've earned inside that really matters. And I think – Boy, the, the, the cover of the book there, in the back there, have you discovered your inner champion? That inner champion glows, and it radiates to the outside and, and shows exactly who you are. Excellent story. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. So um, where, where, where can our uh, listeners find your book at, and how can they follow you, and uh, uh, more information about you, sir? Yeah, very, very good. Thanks for asking. Well, the book's available on Amazon, so just type in there and uh, Black Belt Leadership and be the first one to pop up so they can find the book there. And they can uh, take a look at my website, which is just my name, which is Chris Natsky. Um, and Natsky is spelled N as in Navy, A-T, Z as in Zebra, K-E dot com. And what you'll find on there is um, some samples of my keynote talks. Uh, I got various programs, not only for corporations, but do an awful lot of work with youth and kids and uh, also do life leadership coaching as well. So you'll see all that information on there. Oh, amazing. And uh, anybody that's in the Colorado area, uh, do, do you have, and I, I'm, forgive me for asking this, but do you still have a location, a martial arts facility, or, or are you just kind of... You know, I, I don't because I, I, I sold my, my school about three years ago uh, so I could focus on my life leadership uh, coaching as well as my public speaking, but I still have um, students who have schools in the area. So if they want to reach out to me, I can definitely get them set up. Uh, the schools are in uh, southeast Denver. So one is in Parker, Colorado. The other one is in Centennial. Okay. So we'd love to have people come out and visit if they love, if they love to do that. Absolutely. And, and listeners at home there, definitely check it out and uh, do yourself a favor. Pick up a copy of this book. And as we talked about when Kiyoshi Dave Kovar, Master Chip Townsend, and other wonderful martial artists were on the show with us, you know, the show is about more than just martial arts. It's about, well, kicking life. We want to do everything we can to help inspire you, motivate you to believe in yourself, to live your best kick in life. And that kicking doesn't mean you have to be doing round kicks at the ceiling, but it's a kick in the tail to get up when life knocks you down. And that's why the, I'm just so grateful to have 
you saw on the show and the others uh, uh, that have really been an inspiration, not only in the martial arts industry, but in the society as a whole, bringing the message of the martial arts. And I think uh, uh, Master Chip Townsend had talked about you don't have to step on the mat. You don't have to wear a belt or a uniform, but it's about believing in yourself enough to step out of your comfort zone to do uh, maybe at work to stand up for yourself if you feel like a boss is taking advantage of your kids on the playground to stand up for yourself if you're being bullied and moving forward with that confidence with that yeah and we call it a white belt moment anytime you do something it's like whoa and listeners at home we, we mentioned that the several shows about a white belt moment that's just doing something outside the norm that really makes you feel oh my gosh like a kid again and that's yeah. a, a beautiful feeling so um Chris, is there a, um, and this is almost a, a tough question for me to ask, but I'm going to do it anyway. Is there a favorite chapter in the book? You know, I'll tell you what, the, the one that I really um, love speaking about is the one on compassionate service. So I just think that when we are in our, in our strength and in our power, one of the greatest things we can do with that is not just serve ourselves, but really serve others. And, um, one of my favorite stories from that is that I talk a lot about why there is an importance for us in terms of service because it, you know, leaders really, when we're really on board, it's about coming from a service aspect, not just about leading other others. It's about creating other leaders that will also serve. And one of my favorite stories is is about one of my um, one of my students named Josh, and he came to us as a very young boy. And and the idea behind the story is it's really about empathy first and. Um, he does what all of our black belt students would have to do when they're going to get their black belt. He, you know, he came to us when he was four, and now he's getting he's around 10 years old, getting ready to test. And in the four months prior, you know, there's a lot of physical things, like I'm sure you have as well, you know, 400 push-ups, 400 crunches, or 4,000 push-ups, 4,000 crunches, 120 miles a run. But what we have them do is they do an awful lot of personal development work where yeah. they have to, um, you know, they, they have to do 400 random acts of kindness. Nice. And in fact, we've we've created over a quarter of a million in the last ten years within our association. Oh, that's incredible! Um, they have to eat. Yeah, they have to mentor someone. They have to eat clean for an entire week. No processed foods, alcohol. You know, getting the ten year olds off beer is tough. But we, uh, yeah, we I was going to say, please, uh, maybe write a book on how to how to do that. <laughs> yeah, and then but the last especially one, in Colorado, right? They have to. <laughs> that's right. But the, but the last one is, is they have to. Um, they have to spend a day either being blind, deaf, mute, or in a wheelchair. I remember and you so talking about it, that. Yeah, yes. it's just an incredible, incredible way for them to understand empathy. And so it's from that aspect where we develop people who are in their power, but then they're also able to see others who might be in distress, be able to look at it from their point of view. That's where we create leaders, I believe. Oh, my gosh. That's how we create leaders. Yeah. Listeners at home, uh, rewind the tape. I said that earlier. <laughs> Nobody has a tape anymore. So back that thing up on the podcast and listen to that again. How inspiring and motivating is that? Absolutely excellent. And it's, uh, the chapter uh, that Nancy's talking about is chapter five, compassionate service. And he's got a couple sub chapters in there. Seeking first to understand the need for compassionate service, giving and receiving are the same energy. My school of compassionate service. And the last one is opportunities to serve. Wow. 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 Great, great stuff. And, and that's, you know, I, I know, we had a great conversation in Colorado there, and we've had several conversations of, um, since then. The whole mindset here is really, 
let society know we are more than just punching and kicking. And I know I brought this up before, but it seems like we're going to try and break through that. I don't know if it's glass ceilings, the right word or not, but it's all about wanting people to be their very, very best. And as Kiyoshi Kovar calls it, the Satori, right? Uh, in your best, yep. at your best, and trying in the zone as often as you can. And by doing that, it's, it's all three components. It's not just the physical, but that mental and emotional is extremely powerful as well. And I think your book does an excellent job touching on all those areas, but even going a little bit deeper, that, uh, that story with the Grandmaster coming in for you, looking you in the eyes and has that unspoken message there of, I believe in you. And, man, when you right. do that for somebody, and everybody has that power. I mean, it's not just limited no to, to, to a few people, right? I mean, maybe let the listeners know. Do we have some special gift that we can only do that, or is that open for everybody? <laughs> <laughs> no, and I'll tell you what. I mean, and it's one of those things. It's, it's a giving and receiving, too, because what you'll find is, is the more that we, as, say, a martial arts instructor, do that in our lives, or as a parent, or as a friend, we get that back in spades. We, we get that back tenfold, right? And it's not always Absolutely. from the same person to whom we delivered it. But when you start living in that mindset and you're being from that perspective, you'll start noticing things in a different way. And things will start flooding you. And, man, it sure makes for a rich life. Yes, it does. And um, our, our listeners, I'm going to test you here. What's the Zig Ziglar quote we have every single week? Waiting, waiting. Okay. How do you get everything you want in life? By helping enough other people get what they want. The same exact exactly. message there. You get it back tenfold. And... Yes, you got to you put others first. But we, we had a little talk, uh, Chris, about this a few weeks ago. Oh, we, yes, you want to do your very, very best to help out others. And Kiyoshi David Kovar has been very instrumental in my life on this. You've got to make sure you take care of yourself. Because if you don't take oh care gosh. of yourself, then how in the world can you perform at your very, very best to help out others? So in a sense, if exactly. you're not taking care of yourself, you're disrespecting the people you're trying to help. <laughs> Exactly. Well, and I, I, one of my teachers told me that you, you take care of yourself first so you can help take care of others. I mean, you have to do that because, number one, and I'll, I'll give you an example from my own life. I absolutely adore my mom, but I, I, I witnessed her as I was growing up. She was a nurse, three kids she was raising, just working all the time, and she was just constantly, you know, tired. I just remember her saying that. I'm so tired. And after a while, she just wasn't able to give to that height anymore. And but the fact of the matter is, is, you know, if you ever read any of Covey's stuff, he talks about something called the emotional bank account. Right. Yep. Which is if you're in relationship with someone, when you do something positive, it's like you put a, a positive, uh, you know, deposit in the account. And if you mess up. Right. Then you make a withdrawal. And I always thought that was a powerful metaphor for relationship. But then it dawned on me one day, how often are we doing that for ourselves? Right. If we we can't give from what we don't have. So you want to be nurturing yourself, taking care of yourself mentally, physically, spiritually, nutritionally, all those. So now you can give from the overflow. And when you're doing that, then what you can give, there's no, there's no stopping. There's no stopping it. It, it, it never, it never gets dried up because you're always giving from that overflow of taking care of yourself first. Oh, beautiful. Well, 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 isn't it? Oh, the well overflowing. Well said. <laughs> Wonderfully <laughs> said there. And you're exactly right. It, it, we, we, in good hearted people, we want to do our best to serve others. 
but darn it, if you don't take yep. care of yourself, you're not going to be in any shape to serve others. And like you mentioned, if the well's dry, I can't do anything for yeah. you. So I got to make sure that well is overflowing and then continue to give more and more and more. And there's, it's just excellent. And then that energy comes right back at you, which is the most rewarding thing. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the old thing, you give a smile, what do you get? Most of the time you get one, two, three, four, or five back. So you have four or five more to give. Exactly. And just kind of keep that positive energy going. Holy cow. Well, you know, what's, what's really interesting, what's really interesting about that, Rich, and I, it's a study, scientific study I read recently. It's, they, they measure serotonin levels. Scientists have done this in terms of watching people when they're doing acts of kindness for another person serotonin and dopamine, which are the feel-good um, sure. hormones, right? And, and when they have somebody doing an act of kindness for somebody else, the serotonin levels raise in the person that's doing the act as well as raise in the person receiving the act. So, and, and that you would think, yeah, that's, that's pretty commonsensical. But where it really gets interesting is they actually, they actually measured those same levels of serotonin people that were observing the acts of kindness, yep. and they raised by the same amount. So what ends up happening is it becomes this contagion, right? We're not even aware of it. That's why it's so important for us. And I, I write in the book that it's not just about having the intention, uh, but it's looking for those acts of kindness actively, right? Because when you're looking for them, you're going to find them. <laughs> it's just the way it is. You know, when you want to buy a new car and you get set on the kind of car you want, you start seeing them on the road, right? <laughs> yeah, we it's the t- same thing. Yeah, we talk about that just about every week, the reticular activating system and how powerful yeah, that exactly. is. Exactly. And that, that's beautiful. Exactly. And um, I, I'm not sure if you had a chance to read Simon Sinek's book, Leaders Eat Last. Have you had a chance to read that one, sir? No, but I've, I'm familiar with his work, definitely. And I love his TED Talk. I've watched that several yep. times and recommended several people to it. Oh, the, the book's incredible. And it talks about that very thing you just talked about, uh, serotonin, dopamine, uh, oxytocin, and endorphins, and how those feel, four yeah. feel-goods all work together. And, uh, you know, he's got two that are kind of self-serving, like the dopamine hit. He refers that to people that are addicted to their cell phone. You know, you, you have it right there. And if a ding goes off, you got to have that quick hit. you got to have that like. But that's also extremely powerful simply because you become addicted to that, where he talks about the mm-hmm. – uh, uh, oxytocin and the serotonin there, or it said, you know, and, uh, endorphins that runners high. That's kind of, yes, it's for you. It gives you that motivation, that dopamine. Yeah, it's that hit. But he talked to serotonin and oxytocin quite a bit, how that's kind of sell, uh, the um, serving others feel good chemical. And the example he gave was uh, the guy was kind of in New York, and another guy was ahead of him, and his backpack opened up, and papers are flying all over. Well, this guy mm. goes and picks all the papers up from the backpack and hands them to the guy, and the guy says thanks. He felt good about it. Well, as he continues walking down the road, he gets to the next curb, and the one guy goes, hey, I saw what you did back there, man. That was pretty cool. Nice job. <laughs> and, and you know, instinctively, that guy felt good about just watching the act. So just like you said there. There you go. So by doing something kind, nice, and, and uh, just doing that, you know, and I'm sure that guy probably hesitated. Well, should I help or should I not? Just just do right. it. Um, That's right. I had somebody on the show not too long ago, and they, they talked about, and this was kind of from oh, Jim Rome, and his whole thing was, Jim Rome wasn't on the show, by the way, everyone. <laughs> that would be quite the interview, I'm sure. Yeah, that would. That would. <laughs> he passed away a few years ago. But <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but uh, it was, if you have to say why not, why don't you say why and do it? And his thought was when you're in a hotel room, why not flip off the light? Oh, why should I? It doesn't help anybody. Well, why not? Do it. 
you know, why should I help that guy with his papers on the ground? Well, why not? Just do it. And so if you have to ask one, why not ask the other and just do it? Because, uh, well, yeah. like you just said, love it that. shares that love with everybody else. And the, the little things, which gets back to the compound effect with Darren Hardy and then also the uh, uh, slight edge with Jeff Olson there, little bitty things over time add up, either good or not so good. But you have to you have to just do it. Well, mm-hmm. great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Chris, gosh darn, thank you very, very much for taking the time. We're getting close to the end here. Um, can, can you give another uh, our, our listeners out there one more, uh, I guess, shout-out for yourself there? I know that's tough, Mr. Humble Guy here, but uh, where can our, our listeners find you again in your book? Absolutely, absolutely. So they can, uh, they can find the book on Amazon uh, entitled Black Belt Leadership, um, Seven Keys to Creating a Life of Purpose by Discovering Your Inner Champion. And uh, if they want to reach out to me, they can uh, find me on my website, which is chrisnatsky.com. And Natsky is spelled N as in Navy, A-T-Z as in Zebra, K-E. So chrisnatsky.com. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And uh, like uh, listeners out there, do yourself a favor. Pick this book up. Even if you're not in the martial arts industry, which I know a large majority of our listenership is not, you're in here for the motivation, inspiration. Uh, But I highly suggest even if you're not in martial arts, crossover and maybe jump in there and take a class and see what it's all about. And trust your gut. If it's not for you, you know what? It's not for you. But still, read educational material. They're going to help you become the best you you can be. Self-educate. So, uh, Mr. Nansky, do you have anything else for our listeners out there? Any party notes? You know, all I, all I would say is, is that we all have this inside of us. And, and I just encourage people that are hearing this to slow down. I mean, we're recording this uh, on a getting ready for a holiday weekend. We've got the 4th of July coming up here in a couple of days. So some people are going to get to take some time off. And I always tell the folks that I speak to as well as those that I, um, that I coach is that one of the most important things you can do is slow down, take some inventory about where you're at, be really choiceful about how you want to move forward in life because we have a tendency to get in that wave. And all of a sudden we look back and not only days and weeks go by, but years go by. So take some time, get present, get really clear about where you want to go and enjoy your life. Wow. And you know what? I'm going to take that personally. Thank you very much. I, I could I hear that message every single day, and I, I had to keep pounding that in the brain there. <laughs> Get caught up in, okay. in the wave. I like that. <laughs> in the wave. All right. I'm going to get out in front of that wave. How about that? Yeah. Uh, sounds good. Good stuff. Well, thank you very much, sir. I sincerely appreciate it. My goodness, uh, when our errors or our errors, when our <laughs> listeners hear this, it'll be on. Uh, it airs on Monday, so it'll be right before the Fourth of July. So, everyone out okay. there, please have a happy and a safe Fourth of July. And as always, remember to share this podcast with others and continue to spread the message about living your best kick in life. And of course, our podcast can be found at lineupmedia.fm on Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher or iTunes, there's the other one, or wherever you get your podcasts from. As always, I really mean this from the bottom of my heart. I believe in you. I want you to believe in yourself. Now get out there and do what you do best, and I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. We'll talk to you real soon. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to another exciting Kickin' Life podcast. This is Master Rich Grogan, your Kickin' Life guru, reminding you you can find our podcast online at kickinlifepodcast.com or through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcast. Tune in next week, another exciting show coming your way. In the meantime, you get out there and do what you do best, and I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. Talk to you real soon. 
This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.